Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of Another Happy Pod is going to contain spoilers. If you've not experienced the content yourself, please go ahead and do so before coming back and listening to the boys ramble on about it. Thank you very much. What's up gamers? Welcome back to another Happy Pod, the show where we talk about movies, pop culture and whatever else you want to have a little chin wag about. My name, uh, fuck, uh, we don't always succeed, but we do have a good time <laughs> doing it. My name is Nathan and as always I'm joined by my co-host Lawrence Thomas Heisey. How are you sir? I'm very well Nathan. I like how that intro was... Is that oh. wedding bells I hear? <laughs> <laughs> What is what is that? Is that, is that wedding oh, bells I hear a, in the distance? This is a mess. <laughs> this is an absolute mess. Um, Why are those wedding bells playing? I wonder. It's I because have, we're getting married. Everyone. We're getting married. Me and Nathan are entering a civil partnership <laughs> for tax purposes, uh, and we will have and to romance purposes and romance. And I can't wait to consummate the marriage for both tax and romance. Me too. Um, sex with Nathan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> let that sit there for a while. <laughs> yeah, let it sit there. Let it breathe. Let it. Let it. Let let's it be known. Let's. Let's not let that be known. Let's move on over that. So, why <laughs> are those wedding bells playing, Lawrence? I had a busy weekend in which I did indeed get engaged. Nathan. Very many congratulations. You of Thank course you. asked the second most important question a groom to be will ask. Um, you have not yet asked the most important question, so I'll just give you a moment if you want to ask me that question right now. <laughs> We're doing this on air. Yep, I'm fucking. I was going to find a way to get a nice dinner going. Like I was going to, I was going to make this lovely. Look, I'm not. I'm, look, you can still make a nice dinner. Okay, you know I'm not going to say no to a dinner. No, it's but one, it's one or the other, Nathan. You have got to. You've got to, got to declare it here and now. Do you want look, it on the pod? Or look, do you want I, I am not beginning any of my duties until it's officially on record. <laughs> Nathan James, although you don't have a middle name for real, Bauer, 
Would you like to be the bestest man? Oh my god, this is so unexpected. <laughs> you had no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll see if I can make it. Yeah, should be alright. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've got nothing better to do, obviously. Yeah. Like, don't cancel I'll, plans. But... I'll let you know on the day. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Just, <laughs> just give me a text. Morning of. Yeah. Well, there we go. I, I will be your best man. Thank you, and and I will be the best of the best men. The bestest men. The bestest men. Uh, the bestest man. Uh, so there we go. Anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> this was no, the wedding Nathan. Podcast, we're, so. we're doing we're doing a we're doing a podcast on my favorite director and his re- his most recent film, uh, which is Last Night in Soho. I have a podcast down... on your wedding day. <laughs> oh yeah, that'll go down well, won't it? Yeah. <laughs> Lawrence, come here. We're cutting the cake. I'm recording right now. <laughs> we're creating content. Yeah. Oh shit, bikini. I'll bleep that. Don't worry. <laughs> Uh, I I have some last notes in Soho on this movie, Nathan. Been waiting. Okay, to say that since, so since you love this movie? I do, but I don't think it's it's not a perfect movie. But I really enjoy it. Okay, well, you marry it. <laughs> That's who I'm getting married to. Oh, last, no. night, last night in Soho, and you. Ah, oh, oh, of course, for tax purposes. Yeah, um, don't forget the Roma. Okay, so why do you love this movie so much? Uh, I I love Edgar Wright. He's been a favorite director of mine for a very long time. I like his yes. his dedication to like original movies, original content. Like I always think that when he puts himself in into a project, it's always kind of like fresh, funny. Um, like even in unexpected ways. Like he hasn't just made comedies, although he is arguably known for just kind of main mainly making comedies. Um, but his movies always feel fresh, inventive, and I think he. Every one, every movie that he makes, he technically excels better than his previous one. Like with every single movie he's made, I think you can you you can see a improvement on a previous one in terms of like filmmaking ability. Okay, no, very. He's a very talented film director. One of my favorite movies is Baby Driver, although I struggle watching it now because it's filled with nonces. Pedophile um, <laughs> galore in that movie. <laughs> exactly. But it's just still a that aside, it's a great movie and I really enjoy it. Cornetto trilogy, obviously a favorite of mine. He does good stuff. Which is why I was disappointed by this movie. Uh, I was okay. I was honestly, I was a little bored watching it. Okay. Yeah. I I do think that opinion would have been different if you watched it in a cinema where you're supposed to watch these things. Um, I disagree. It's uh, the same uh, movie. It, it's the same movie, but it's all—it's about being swept up in the atmosphere of it. I think. But anyway, we'll we'll, we'll disagree on that. But I—I I, mm. I've noticed on this movie, a lot of people are either—it's a—it's marmite. People love it, or they think it's the death of cinema. Um, I don't—I don't hate it. I don't think it's the death of cinema at all. It's to me, it was just very kind of middle of the. It was a little bland, really. It was okay. just very middle of the road. It didn't have the usual flair I would expect from an Edgar Wright movie, which is why I was a, a little bit, you know, left wanting more, I guess. That's, that's kind of... So I don't have many issues with this, but mm-hmm. my issues are kind of in the same place yours are, I think. Okay. Um, I, I'll, I'll go into... So, so I'll, I'll get into why I like this in a minute, but maybe I can level with you on the fact that... So I think this is... It, I, so it's new. It's new ground for Edgar Wright, who's obviously... Yes. yes, he's tapped into horror elements before. Um, 
very mildly like he's never if he's gone for horror he's played on the the tropes of horror he hasn't tried to make a horror yeah um, which you know obviously Shaun of the dead is primarily a comedy even though it's kind of named and based on a horror um i think there's a somewhat of an over-reliance and a clear um uh, lack of knowledge on how to approach a horror film from edgar wright in this um, what, what do you mean expand on that well like for example <clears throat> once the like the you know like there's the ghosty figures um yes. and we're, we're gonna spoil everything in this so i know we always warn everyone but we this is gonna go into it your blushing bride to be has already warned us of the spoilers that's true that's true um but she yeah no i just think i just think like so once this this kind of ghostly figure and this kind of trope of like the blurred face screaming kind of horrific image yeah. once that's brought into it it doesn't leave you alone and there's a somewhat of an over-reliance on it when I think the movie was better up until that point when it was relying on giving us t hints and teasers. I think this works better as like a thriller than a flat-out horror. And when it tries to commit to being a flat-out horror, Edgar Wright falls into what he knows best, which is amazing imagery, um, kind of these very interesting montage-type musical set pieces. Um yeah. And I think to call this a horror is kind of not what it is. I took my mum to see this because she's she loves thrillers and she loves like she's always reading like. I didn't even know this was a horror. I, I well, that, and that's it. But I, I took my mum to see this. Who's like she she's always reading like murder mystery books, and this this would have been right up her street. And she doesn't go to the cinema much, so I was like, right, I'll, I'll take her to see this. And she yeah. was like, that was a really good thriller. And I was like, well, that sums that up then, doesn't it? That <laughs> that, that finalizes the point in my head for me. Okay. Um, but yeah, well, all right. Well, go, go into what you what you. It is yeah, it is definitely more thriller than horror. There are horror elements to it, but they are quite few and far between, um, mm -hmm. and and probably more so in the back half of the movie as well. Um, yeah, one thing that I don't know if this works for or against the movie, but it's all just a little bit vague, really, in terms of like how this is happening and exactly what is happening. And is it reality? Is it quite true? Is it not true? Is it a little bit different from what actually happened? Is yeah. it time travel? Is it magic? Is she just fucking nuts? It's it's very vague as to what exactly is going on here because there's also something with her mum in a mirror or some shit, which is yeah. like, is this part of it as well? Does she have some weird connection to... You know, possibly like the the space she inhabits, like the house or whatever, she is able to see who lived there previously or something like that. I thought that was it for a while, but then that didn't necessarily hold I, true because it I started to like appear when she was out of the house and everything like that. So I I, I wasn't sure. I've got. I mean, I got. You're absolutely right. It is vague, and I I think it's purposely not touched upon because. Like I, I've mentioned this podcast before, like years and years ago, I, I, I attempted to write this kind of short film based on ghosts. And the second you kind of, the second you, you start putting a ghost in your thing, you're like, can it touch stuff? Can it move through things? How does it appear? Yeah. When is it allowed to appear? And there's just so many rules that get broken because uh, you write yourself into a fucking corner. Um, my theory is that she's, it, it's an overwhelming sixth sense, like that she experiences peacefully because her mum was at peace or not at peace, but like she was like, that was where she would have grown up with her mum. Yeah. Um, and her mum was allowed to appear to her there because that's where she was. And then, it, yeah, you're right. It does kind of get tossed out a little bit later. Um, but then like why she has all these visions of the men and uh, Sandy and why she has the sixties kind of thing is because of the 
overwhelming amount of dead bodies that are buried under her floorboards that that's their presence and the more of them the more powerful the illusion i I think i guess wouldn't they rot oh they definitely rot yeah but like obviously they're not coming up and that's that's all in her head no but like you'd you'd smell them though wouldn't you like, well, she, there's a nice line about that um, that she oh, says, it? yeah, there's um, so older, older Alex, who is revealed to later on be Sandy, the big twist mm. of the movie. Um, oh, yeah. For like the third time <laughs> this episode, <laughs> um, she says um, two things that I caught on second viewing. One, uh, one of which is um, uh, it's a bit old fashioned for some, but I won't do anything to it. That's because she can't renovate it because there's fucking so many dead people in the floor. Um, yeah. And the other thing is, um, uh, in the winter, you'll have to plug the bath uh, because the smell comes up the drain pipes. Um, oh. And she mentions it's like clogged pipes, but obviously it's fucking like rotted flesh and yeah, everything else. Um, but yeah, That's so that, 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 that as as with typical Edgar Wright, there's a shitload of things you catch on a second viewing of this. Yeah, yeah, that is very Edgar Wright. Like, I'm still finding stuff every time I watch Shaun of the Dead. It's it's pretty yeah. insane. <laughs> <laughs> Which is um, which is amazing for a movie that came out in like when two thousand and when did it come out like seven two thousand oh, earlier than that I want to say two thousand four two thousand five really bloody like, yeah Hot Fuzz was two thousand seven I think oh shit yeah I think Shaun of the Shaun of the Dead might have been two thousand and three then I need to know now yeah I can't not know <laughs> we're gonna find out <laughs> two thousand four yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, but that, I mean, that's that's a testament to like he. That, I guess it is a bit disappointing that it's kind of vague then, because he's a filmmaker that puts so much effort into the the fine details of a film, and you yeah. think this was lacking it, yeah. I, I do, yeah. Just because it's it's not what I've come to expect from an Edgar Wright movie. Like I say, when you go to see an Edgar Wright movie, you are expecting certain things. You are expecting a lot of intricate detail and really well crafted out. You know dialogue and and call forwards and call backs and all this type of thing and and granted it was my first viewing and i and i almost certainly missed a whole bunch of stuff um but even so i just it didn't hit me the same way that a a lot of others did because like when i first saw baby drive i was so fucking excited to to just you know get back in there and see it again as soon as possible to see what i had missed and and you know see the exciting car chases and all that sort of stuff again i don't think there's any sequence in this movie you know which which holds up to like any of those car chases or anything like that and yeah sure it's a different tone It's, it's a different movie and all that sort of stuff yeah yeah but there's nothing here that just really grabbed me in the same way you know no it's it's fair enough like it's it's absolutely not for everyone i um when i went into this i was excited because obviously like you say with edgar Wright, you do get these big set pieces um and i found a few stood out for me i really liked the um when he got he, he gets a bit weird with it at certain moments like i think the the revealing of um uh of what she thinks is um jack stabbing sandy when she's She's about to like bring this guy back to hers uh, or like the flat. Um, And the guys, you know, they start getting off and the guys, she starts like stressing and panicking. This guy's shitting himself going, fucking, why why is she screaming? What have I done wrong? Um, And there's like a, there's this beautiful like knife shot that like it, it catches on her eyes. And like, as the knife comes into frame, you see her eyes like widen in the reflection of it. Like that, I think those set pieces are just, so masterfully created like some serious good slasher stuff there but 
obviously it's it's going for something very different and it's hard to be as entertaining as an action movie when it's not an action movie do you know what i mean yeah yeah it is and and don't get me wrong it's it's really well made it's it's beautiful to look at and you know the the sequences like where you know and you say joy is just walking around and then you see the the other whose name i don't know the jojo rabbit girl you see her in the mirror in the background and stuff it's yeah. it's all really well done and for the most part practical as well and it's really really impressive shit especially that, like dance sequence where the you know, like going back and forth with Matt Smith and that sort of stuff. It's, it's really well done. It's just, I know, like I say, it's just, I, I hate saying this because I feel mean, but it was just bland and boring, really. I just, yeah, the, the, the like visuals and, and, you know, beautiful cinematography and, and effects alone aren't really enough to grab me. I think that needs to go hand in hand with as with a story and a, and a premise that's quite you know gripping and engaging and for me this this just wasn't i find myself a little you know, just did you not like find yourself kind of hooked in on the murder mystery overall like where did you where did you stand on the because there's kind of like two twists that are kind of there's one big twist yeah. that's revealed in two kind of moments did you not find yourself like thrown so, off by then and like pulled back into it or so the twist that the landlady is Anya Taylor Joy, I kinda saw that coming. Like from yeah. like at the beginning of the movie, when you first introduced to Anya Taylor Joy and then she goes back to the that same house, I was like, Oh, it's her. It, it's it's her from later in the movie and that's how she's seeing all this stuff. Um and then I thought, oh maybe she's not because she died. And then they were just like, No, just kidding, it is her and I was like, Oh, okay. So that one just <laughs> left me that one just left me like a little bit underwhelmed. And then the same thing kind of happened with um the Jack twist because um like when he when he says and, and I think this one is purposeful from the movie as well. This is what it's trying to achieve. Like, cause like when he when he offers her the cigarette and he's like, uh, no, I know I knew another blonde who smoked straight away. I was like, Oh, that's Matt Smith. That's clearly that's Matt Smith. I get it, I figured out i'm i'm very clever that's matt smith uh then of course it's not matt smith <laughs> yeah um, yeah it's that that one was actually a very clever twist that one actually did get me i was like oh okay it's the copper that's that's quite interesting yeah um but, he's in like he's in like less than a scene isn't he which i think yeah is really cool. played exactly. by uh sam claflin i think it was wasn't it uh who's sam claflin is a guy he's in i don't know he's in the he's in a movie where his legs don't work and he has to fall in love but he's got no legs or something i can't wait to see legs don't work in the movie <laughs> <laughs> legs don't work but i'm in love the movie <laughs> sounds great um yeah yeah that was all good but the thing that like kind of didn't that the whole but that sequence where you're like finding out that it's not jack it's that cop that all seemed a bit contrived though because it all seemed very much leading to you know this conversation between the two of them and they're and they're building up and she's telling him what she what she knows and he's like ah yeah but you don't know this or ah, I know everything and blah 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 and it's like but why are you saying this if you're not Jack though like why are you yeah. why are you talking like in this way because the dialogue I don't know there was something about the dialogue which was like very much I am Jack I am Jack not I am the copper yeah that's and that's and, and that's very intentional like I, there's a few. There are a few moments that kind of undercut it because there's like um, he he's very true to the character in the sense that everyone describes him as a ladies' man. Like the 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 Irish guy at the pub calls him like Hansy or something. Yeah. Um, and you get that sense when even though you know he's the even though when it's revealed he is the the younger copper in in the sixties. Like he even when he approaches her, he's still like this swami. Oh, you're too good for this, darling. Like he still looks like a fucking creep. Yeah. Um, even if he is technically on the right side of the law. 
Um, so, but like, so, so some of it you can read into, but yeah, it definitely does lean on a heavy, I am Jack, I am Jack. And also my, my only problem with that fake out, uh, was like, surely if, if this guy, like he's, he comes for a, uh, comes for a, for a beer at his local or like same time every day. Um, yeah. and then he just starts getting accused of murdering this girl who this, who he knows the girl accusing him could have had no chance of knowing. Yeah. Like, um, just because of time periods and stuff. He kind of is very like fine with that line of questioning and very like open to talk about it when in reality, like it's a complete stranger coming up to him and asking him about really finite details of his life from like decades past. I think this is what I was trying to articulate as well. This is what I was trying to say. It's like the fact that she's saying, you killed Sandy, you killed Sandy. And to him, Sandy's alive. Sandy's not dead, and yeah. like, he's just not questioning that. It's like, he's I didn't not... kill her, morality <laughs> killed her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what, what, why is going... And of course, the reveal hasn't happened yet. At this point, we still think Sandy's dead, but we, we, it just seems odd looking back at it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, the, yeah. There, there are definitely a few moments where it's like, um, it, is, it is like, I didn't kill her, and I, I don't like this line of questioning. I didn't kill her because, you know... Um, <laughs> The, uh, the the realization of her ghastly actions are what threw her over the edge. Like, just just be like, what the fuck are you talking about? She's yeah. alive. Just it's just like it's that dialogue which just no one would ever say. Yeah, <laughs> it's like like he could easily have turned around to him and been like, you know, it's fucking weird that you bring that up because this old bat. I'm convinced she murdered those blokes. I could never prove it. Fuck. <laughs> one another thing about that scene as well. Just one thing I just didn't like about it. When uh, is his name Lindsay? I think it is. When when he is hit by the cab. When he is hit by the cab, it's then very much sudden. And now we'll have some exposition from the the bar owner. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's very much. It's Lindsay, the police officer from the (laughs) sixties. Yeah, exactly. He's been hit by a car. (laughs) (laughs) It's Lindsay, not Jack, the person you thought it was. Yeah, and she and she she's like, uh, she's like, his name's not Jack, and she's like, no. It's Lindsay. <laughs> he was a cop in the sixties. Yeah. He worked in the red light district. He actually <laughs> knew the person that you've been hallucinating. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's very. Where I'm at with this movie is, I do really like it, and maybe that's maybe that's bias in the sense that I think Edgar Wright films are, and maybe this is why I think that you may have had a different opinion about it going to see it in the cinema because I've watched this twice in the cinema and. Um, one time just to recap myself on it um, uh, on my laptop yeah. and and it's only on my laptop I started noticing the little nitpicky bits like the, not nitpicky bits but like because these are what people would consider serious flaws of the movie in terms of their enjoyment but it was it was only then that I noticed them and I think an Edgar Wright film solely stands on you know it's it's merits in the theater like it's it's loud it's it's so visually appealing because the man's got the the most impeccable sense of rhythm when it comes to editing his movies like the only reason i would disagree with that is because i saw shawn of the dead and hot fuzz uh on dvd i didn't see them in the cinema um because when they came out i just wasn't really that much into film that sort of thing um so like i my only, they're, they're I've never films. experienced them. They are better films, strat, yeah. like flat out. Like there, there's no denying that I. This is I like this film, but it's not up there for Edgar Wright. Like he's got okay. much better movies than this. Um, all of them. 
Jesus. Um, but no, I just think I, there's 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 stuff in this that I really like. Like I love the music choices. I love that he's one music of the few. Good. I love that he's one of the few directors like working uh, in terms of working to get people into the cinema as well. That will go. Um, uh, that that will kind of just every film he goes fuck it. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna do something I've never done before. Like when um when the little girl the little girl, I don't know why I said that that's weird when um the main what's her name Eloise Ellie when uh, yeah Thomas and Mackenzie from Jojo Rabbit and old yeah. and everything yeah yeah I, I, I yeah I've seen old um when she <laughs> when she first goes back to like the sixties or whatever was I being mad or was that like was fucking Fred and or George there. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the Weasley twins. Yeah, there's oh, okay. actually um, there's a really interesting thing about that. So they all the all the um, the reflection stuff, yeah. um, that they did, they did it practically because Edgar Wright's saying, you know, it's such a big. He he did an interview where he was like, the, the moment is such a big moment for Eloise's character or Thomas and Mackenzie's character, Eloise, um, that it can't be something she's not reacting to. She has to, the whole the whole scene is about her watching something. And if yeah. she's not there watching it, it doesn't sell the same. Um, and so they did a lot of it by like uh, comping out backgrounds, green screening the windows, just getting her to stand in this blank pane that they then filled in with like reflections in the black in the background. So it's all, a lot of it is practical. Okay. Um, and the use of twins was done because because of the fact that um, this man, it wasn't possible that he could replicate the exact same moves on a different person just because they're different yeah. heights and X Y Z. So he just went. Who's who? Who are some twins? And it it literally happened to be the um, friend. I don't know James and Oliver. I think are the name uh, Oliver Phelps. Maybe. I think I, I I might be wrong. But anyway, the Weasley George. twins. Yeah, yeah. They they just happened to be available, and we're like, yeah, okay. Oh, okay. so yeah, it's, yeah. You did you? I didn't catch out on the first time, so yeah, it's quite funny. That was quite funny. You know? <laughs> it caught me by surprise for a moment. I was like, Fred, <laughs> George. <laughs> They both got they both got two ears, which is not how we're used to seeing them in the movies. Yeah, um, I, well, yeah, I did I did like the music and everything. Music was great, great little cameo from Scylla Black. Um, it's very weird that Scylla Black was like in the sixties and stuff. She was like this rising star, you know, famous all over the world. But then when I was a kid, she was just the woman who hosted Blind Date on ITV. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's very weird, right? It's very weird. Yeah, but this but, this has got like. This for me, its strengths fall on the performances. Like, yeah, I think that sometimes I agree with you. Like the dialogue they're saying is not the most believable in the world, and it's not like. And I've I've got another point on that actually. God, I feel like we're just ripping into this, but I really like this movie. Um, <laughs> I like this movie. I but I'm, what I'm trying to do is sympathise with the fact that it's not going to be everyone's favourite, and I can see why. Yeah. Um, but it's, it doesn't take away from the fact that when I was in the cinema and watching this, I was having an amazing time. Um, yeah. So I think that's just like the vibe of an Edgar Wright film, especially with like bright lights, like the red, you know, it's such a distinct color palette that it's, just, it's, it's hard not to be like fully wrapped up in it, at least for me. Um, but there's, there's some great moments in this and some great characters. Like you've got um, Diana Rigg as a last film, unfortunately. Um, who, was, who was, yeah. She's from uh, Game of Thrones and Doctor yeah. Who. And has the, he, she has the best line in Game of Thrones uh, <laughs> where she goes, he always was a cunt. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's just the best line. Um, Very true. Yeah, so she, she was great in it. Uh, a guy called Terence Malick, who is the most handsome old man ever. 
Um, he plays Jack. But if you like look at his cast photo when he's not like in the creepy kind of old man wig and stuff, like he's just the sexiest old man you've ever seen in your life. He plays not Jack. He plays not Jack. Yeah, he plays yeah. Lindsay. Lindsay. It's fucking Lindsay, Lindsay. the police officer <laughs> the from nineteen sixty-four to sixty-nine. <laughs> yeah. I like how it was like he had to have he had to have left London as well. <clears throat> it's like when I came yeah. back to London, I did this. It's like yeah, you had you technically you did have to leave for a while. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, he could have. Someone could have been like, yeah. How did you chilling. feel? How did you feel about London in this movie? Uh, I, I like depiction it. of London. You liked it. Okay. I did like it. I'm not as I don't know if they travelled blocks and blocks in seconds. I'm not too clued up on it like you are. I mean, uh, no, maybe they didn't. Well, basically, I don't, I don't know if this was a Skyfall scenario where, where they. I don't think they, it was. Yeah, <laughs> or a, or a Thor: The Dark World, where it's like, get me to Greenwich, and he's two stops on the train. It's like I'm here yeah. at Greenwich now. <laughs> um, I, th- I don't. I don't think it was. I mean, from what I can tell about Edgar Wright, he actually lives in Soho. So like this is yeah. this is his like local area. So I don't think he knows it quite well clearly um so i i don't think it was anything like that i used to go out in soho quite a lot in my first year at uni back when i did go out catch nathan um, at the rialto sipping of <laughs> sipping a vespa listening to some smooth jazz catch me at cafe de paris in my <laughs> you're there for for Silla black's opening numbers and you're like oh, bow, bow, bow. i'm bloody enjoying my night here gonna have my vespa martini gonna have a <laughs> it's true um this this girl's got too much money first of all like what's she doing first of all uh, like wait which which girl which girl um the fucking not Anya Taylor-Joy the other one i think what has happened there is that like her nan has given her a lot of money but then she also buys some clothes and then immediately she's like fuck i need a job so i don't yeah, know that's true but like she she also like goes into first of all her roommate Matt, biggest cunt in the world fuck that bitch she should have stabbed her with the scissors second of all um <laughs> amazing performance like she's got like a couple of lines in the film and she makes a very big impression she's great she does i hate her i hope she never gets work again um so <laughs> <laughs> that's how good she was it's, it's joffrey yeah. again <laughs> yeah. uh yeah um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, she goes to like she gets in student accommodation, um, which presumably she would have had to pay like a deposit, at least six weeks rent up front, and then she just leaves and goes to get some other house, and she's asking for two months rent up front, which is if you know London, that's at least like three grand. Like what the oh, fuck is going on there? Yeah, for like, a, for a, for an, a room overlooking a town center in Soho, you're yes. going to be paying through the fucking neck. And not only did she want a fucking, two, she wanted two months rent, but also two months deposit. So that's that's like six grand. Like what the fuck, man? Oh, fun fun fact for anyone that doesn't like live or hasn't ever lived in London that listens to this, of which I don't know if there is anyone, but hey ho. Um, the, like the quality of like the sixties housing, th- yeah, that's it. And you're still paying good <laughs> three grand for two months up front for that. Like, yeah. half the buildings in London are borderline falling down. Like, like, but 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 there they are being sold as premium fucking housing. Yeah, um, that's London Jesus. for you. One of the main reasons I don't live there anymore because yeah, I am um, pricey city baby. I think uh, this is a good depiction of. I think this is both the best depiction of like uni in London, um, yeah. and also there's some lines of dialogue in this that are just clearly written by someone that didn't go to uni in London and 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 hasn't been a an of uni age for a long time. I, I um, did think that at some points, yeah. 
there's, there's a guy that like walks up firstly like the freshest thing when she goes and sits in a duvet and like falls asleep with her beats headphones on in the kitchen and she wakes up in the kitchen's a shithole people have gone in and written their names on the cans of coke but then someone just takes it anyway that's prime uni stuff that's like, that's pretty uni yeah that's london at uni like i'd be writing my name on a pasta bake and and like um like over the tin foil and then some some cunt would still fucking eat of it a bit of it in the microwave or something you walk into the kitchen and you just see him there eating it at the table and be like oh i don't know who's yours I'm like really and we both and we both know who that him is don't we <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> i love how you immediately i love how you in your head immediately personified the same man uh, yeah. yeah um and but but then there's other lines like for example like you, you you like they're in a bar at this one point and this guy walks over and goes excuse me love uh can i bury my cock in your ass oh that was very i i hated that so and I, much and i was like while guys are grim <laughs> they try and be a little bit more subtle than that and then and they're all, she's all like haha good try and it's like was it was it a good try <laughs> this movie is is very much like menace gum <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, there's I'm a like, bit of that, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, fair enough. I'm not going to disagree with you. But <laughs> yeah. No, no, yeah. But it, it is, sometimes it is a little on the nose. Um, like, f- don't, I've never taken a black cab in my life, and I never will take one from fucking King's Cross to Soho or whatever she does. Because what, what are you doing? Again, that's like 600 quid. Um, and she clearly yeah. just jumped in a fake taxi or something because yeah. <laughs> all you supermodels in one house, well, you're, buddy, you're, I'll be right you're giving there, me I? a boner, he said. <laughs> just straight away with Electra stuff. But I guess that's the point. It is very, you know, new person to London, intimidated by creeps of the big sea and all that stuff and, and it was unfortunately, quite well yeah unfortunately it's a daily is a daily reality that Abs- black, yeah, absolutely black cabbies are 90 percent of the time men in their 50s and 60s who are just so out of touch with how crass and disgusting the comments they're making are yeah like, it's it's but it but it's realistic it, it is accurate yeah um uh, what i did think i was a little worried though because i, I kind of thought that at, at one point the movie was like saying um, it, it kind of at one point it seemed to be like blaming Sandy rather than like the men who like sexually abused her and all this sort of stuff. It yeah. seemed to be like saying she's a bad person for doing all this. We're the victims, helpers, literally them saying helpers, helpers. And I was like, oh, I don't know about this. I'm, I feel comfortable with this, and that's not the case because it, it very does switch around. And she's like, no, fuck you. I'm not helping you. You're all yeah. scum or whatever. Um, but for a moment there, I was like, oh, don't like this. Yeah, the, the, it does. Like, there's a few moments where this does kind of like veer its theme a little bit and you panic. But Edgar Wright is the sweetest director in Hollywood history. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's no chance he'd have gone down and his legacy would have been burned to ash from from making that wrong choice. Yeah, um, that's true. But yeah, there's a, there, there are a few moments where I was worrying uh, slightly. There's a, there's also some interesting, like, nice... I, well, I say nice, but there's very realistic themes in this. Like, for example, the black guy uh, who she takes back, um, yes. who is... I can't remember his character's name, but he's, like, the love interest of the film. And genuinely, one of the nicest, most understanding guys you'll ever meet, because he just seems like the loveliest the loveliest dude. Like, the um, only nice dude in the movie. <laughs> yeah, li- literally, yeah. And he pays for it, man. Like, he's, he's like, you've got to be a wanker in shanked. London. Yeah, he gets <laughs> deeply stabbed. Um for for just being oh, nice. That's um, it. What that was another thing. One line which very much rang as 
very, maybe you are a little bit out of touch. Edgar Wright was the line about him. How do you expect me to get from North, the South London to North London? I drive. I'm like, what? Have, <laughs> what? <laughs> Not like this is the city with the biggest fucking transport network in the world, but yeah. And and you're from South London, which I'm assuming means like fucking Southwark or Peckham or Brixton or something like that. And you're going to North London, which in this case is Soho. It isn't really North London; it's more central. Um, yeah. It's just north of the river. So, uh, I <laughs> and you're driving what fucking twenty minutes, and you're paying your congestion each and every day for that. I'm like, this seems very out of touch, Edgar. I'm a millionaire <laughs> who gets a black cab everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean, yeah. Um, but no, there's 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 this nice theme in this. Um, again, I said nice theme. It's not nice, but it's realistic. Um, of where so that that guy, the the love interest, the young lad, does come back to hers, and he's intently worried about Ellie's safety when she starts having a, like a freak out of you know when she's getting visions of the past and what she thinks is Sandy being murdered by Jack. Um, and and he's he's there the entire time saying like you know is it is it okay like you were right what have I done wrong can I help you being a really lovely guy and the second you see sheer like he he's handling that calmly yeah. but the second you see sheer panic mm. is when you hear when she hears the landlord saying I'll call the police and he's like oh my god broken window I've yeah. <laughs> I'm in a home that isn't mine with yeah. a girl on the end of the bed screaming yeah. and I'm a young black guy in London Get out like. Of that, bro. Yeah, and he and you see that mentality switch, and I'm like, fuck, that's 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 you know, it's a minute detail, but it's it's cleverly woven into um into the movie and important because it is unfortunately again it's one of them tragic things that does happen day to day. Yeah, um, I was I was waiting for him to turn though at any moment. I was like, every man is scum in this movie, so he's gonna be scum as well. I'm like, it's it's only a matter of time before like he reveals himself to be evil too. So. Yeah, but no, he's a good lad. Nice, yeah. He's a good egg. He came he's the only one that got out of that unscathed apart from the stab wound that he obtained. So um, there's there's um before I go into this segment, uh just clarify something for me. Is Anya Taylor-Joy okay. American? I don't fucking know. Okay, I yeah. don't know. Me neither. She both sounds she sounds both. I know. I've, I'm like, that's a bloody good English accent. But then other times I'm like, I don't know. Because I was going to say, there's there's people, there's two people doing accents in this movie. And one of them's great, Anya Taylor-Joy. One of them needs a little bit of work. Matt Smith, you're a great actor. You are yeah. one of my favourite actors, okay? You are my favourite Doctor Who. But I'm not sure the Cockney accent's working out for you, mate. You know. Just, it, also, the worst thing is he's he's from London, right? I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure he is. Just just use your voice. What? Why does he have to have this Cockney twang to it? It seems yeah. very. I don't know. It it wasn't good though. It really wasn't good. It yeah. It was a, it was a lot of the don't be daft. You know what I'm here for. Kind Listen, of, like, I just be apples, apples and pears. And pears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was a bit of that, um, and I noticed that in the trailers, and I was a little bit like, oh, I'm also I was a little bit unclear on. I, I get she's you know very like kind of country girl, um, but I was a little unclear on Thomas and Mackenzie's accent. But then I realised that she's actually from New Zealand, and then I thought, okay, that's actually a very good accent. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, she she she's got like a thick a thick New Zealand accent. Um and and the fact that she was able to hide it in something that I don't quite know what it was trying to be. Well, but... she said she's from Cornwall, didn't she? So I guess she... she's trying to do that like Devonshire accent, I guess. Um, which which didn't really come across. It was more just 
British, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and then that's kind of how I, I felt about it, yeah. Um, what do you think about the... We haven't got long, so we'll wrap up in a minute, but what do you... Um, what do you think about the uh, the ending of this? Because it's been shown to us the entire time that she kind of um, well, for, well, actually, tell you what. Firstly, like, so the you know, it was revealed that it wasn't uh, they. She didn't help the the ghosts. I'm not sure how she could have done, um, but yeah. she didn't help the ghosts find their peace by like killing Sandy, I guess. And that was that came about, and she kind of had a level of respect f- uh, f- for for her, or like, or at least empathy. And then it's revealed that Gone is her mum in the reflection to a degree. Um, and instead is this other, who I took it as this other woman that she now realises she somewhat admires, potentially, for uh, standing up for herself. And, and I, I don't know. It, it, it read a bit open it, to interpretation. What do you it think? Very, it, to me, it very much was just classic final moment in a horror movie kind of moment. Like classic... Okay. Oh, you thought the the bad person was dead? Well, fucking here's Michael Myers. Uh, it if it, it was very much just the final reveal of killer still out there, that kind of thing, which to but me not, seems not very much meaning to it. Or... Yeah, exactly. Which to me just seems very cheesy and just kind of oh, okay. Yeah. Um, again, like as soon as like the credits started on and I realized that was the end, I was like, huh, okay. Well, that that was a choice. Um, yeah, I just, I didn't like it. I thought it was, and specifically that moment, I just thought it was a little unnecessary and kind of out of place with like where the movie was heading at that point, really. Fair enough. Because it seemed like, you know, she, she had made roads and she was, she was doing better. She's doing well at uni and that sort of stuff. She's got a fashion show. Her grand's proud of her. Her boyfriend's proud of her. Her mum's here and she's proud of her. And then it was just like, nah. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it was just nah, and me, the ninety-year-old murderer who is now dead, <laughs> is still proud of you. Um, yeah, but I didn't even see it as like her being proud of her. It, like the, even the look on Angie Taylor Joy's face, it was like I'm still here. I'm gonna get you. Um, yeah. And even like fucking the look on uh, is it Thomas and Mackenzie's face? She yeah. was like ah, scared, fear. So it, it didn't come across as sweet. It came across as sinister to me. So. Fair that's enough. why I mean, that's why for me it's just like a big 180 out of nowhere you can't see me but i'm turning my hand i i know what you're saying because a lot of a lot of old horror movies which this is definitely drawing from and inspired by um they do have that final moment of like i mean like the, the, the one of the cheesiest examples i can think of it is um the end of the michael jackson thriller video when he's like yeah. i'm back to normal and i'm fine and then he turns around and he's like got the weird cgi face and he goes ha 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 what voice was that <laughs> That's Michael Jackson's voice. I'm fine. I'm good now. I'm. I'm. You heard him in that Thriller music video. It's terrifying. <laughs> okay. That's what he. That's what he sounds like. I know <laughs> what Michael Jackson sounds like. But, but he's a. He's a. I'm having a good time watching this movie. <laughs> like, do you not think he sounds like that? I know. Yeah, I know what Michael Jackson sounds like. I just don't know if he sounds like that. I think. Uh, okay. I don't know. I think you're bullying me. I think that was a good impression. I was quite happy with it. I've done that at parties, Nathan. <laughs> I feel embarrassed. Um, anyway, one, let's wrap up. One, one, one thing I'll say before we wrap up very quickly. Um, this It does make me a little bit apprehensive and sad um, because, it, as I've said, one of the main reasons I love Edgar Wright is he's one of the few filmmakers that he point blank refuses to do anything that isn't kind of his own IP. Uh, and is and something that he hasn't crafted and hasn't been his like his brainchild. Like he very very rarely like will go and direct an episode of like just another show somewhere. Like he won't pick up 
random work. He likes to like really love and live in what he's directing, which I really admire and think is really cool. Um, but this, this sadly has not been received very well. And the reason that you were able to watch it so early is it's, it's been out less than a month and it's already being pushed to streaming services just to try and increase some revenue for it. Like it's been a movie that's very much a few people saw in the cinema and, and obviously now that it's available both legally to buy and illegally to stream, like it's just, it's one of them where I'm like, God damn, I really fucking, I really wanted better for this. Yeah. Like, cause Edgar Wright is so competent and I think he's one of the most talented directors. And although this might not be for everyone, you can guarantee that the next thing he makes probably will be like better than this or, or will go harder than this will be a baby driver kind of quality type work. Um, and I, I just, I just wish that this did better is, is my main thing. Cause I think it's such a, dis- it's such a disappointment for it to have not been received nicely. Yeah. Um, Okay, that's fair. Yeah, like I say, I was just a little disappointed with it overall. Um, just just left me feeling kind of, you know, let down, I guess. Because if, if I'm watching an Edgar Wright movie, that's something I'm usually quite excited for. And like I say, I'm going to yeah. get lots of, you know, f- fun action scenes. Not, not necessarily that I was expecting that, but, you know, just fun scenes to, like, really sink your teeth into and that sort of thing. And just just left feeling just disappointed after it. Um, That's fair enough. Like I say, though, very well made movie. He's he's clearly a very talented director. I'm just my issues are more story based than anything, really. Yeah. So, I would say yeah. if anyone's listening to this and they, <laughs> even though they're very happy with both the major twists in this movie having been spoiled, or you fast forwarded this to like the 45 minute mark, <laughs> uh, go and see it and make up your own <laughs> mind about it because it's a movie that I loved in the cinema, and I'm I've now I've spent the entire podcast kind of picking holes in it, but it's fun to do that. Um, and it's, but it is for for me a good film. Obviously, for Nathan, not so much, not not terrible, but not like his best work. Um, but it's a movie that I still think is more creative and better made than a lot of things that come out. Um, and if you can, uh, if you can look past nonsense, watch Baby Driver. That's pretty cool too. <laughs> yeah, that is a difficult rewatch, isn't it? I'm just like, because when it goes to Kevin Spacey, I'm like, I know that you, like you're the villain and you're a nonce. But then it goes to Ansel Elgort, and I'm like, I'm supposed to be cheering this character on, but realistically, I just want him to fucking crash his car and die. <laughs> Yeah. Just let let Lily James out safely, so she can sit there and go and make more movies about period dramas and potato peels or whatever. She loves um, potato peel pies or whatever it is. <laughs> she absolutely does. It's true. Um, anyway, take it. Oh, this has been a lovely podcast, and if you love this lovely podcasts and want to listen to more lovely podcasts, uh, they go live Fridays at ten a.m. Um, and you can get a little reminder if you follow us uh, on Twitter and on Instagram at Another Happy Pod. Um, we'll post a little uh, little post there to let you know that there's a new episode live, so you never miss a bloody trick when you come when you come and follow us on the old social medias. Uh, you can also review us, uh, give our podcast a little five star review, I believe, on Apple Podcasts. Um, it's it's fun, you know. You don't have to, but we'd like it if you could, and it would be nice, and it would mean the whole the whole world to us. And maybe I'll even marry you if you do that. Um, so there, there's a little incentive for you. Next week, we're going to be having a bunch of fun with this. I'm Stuart Little, the mouse. Yes, next week we're going to have loads of fun doing Stuart Little, the small mouse. Um, I don't know how I'm going to fucking find clips for that. I mean, they'll be on YouTube, but like, what am I going to put in? 
fucking just torrent it and then just throw it. No, but it like, but like, what what scene though? What scene conveys that this is Stuart Little? I'm Stuart Little the mouse, and I'm and I'm, <laughs> and I'm, I don't know why it sounds like Borat. I'm gonna um, put that in. That's what I'm gonna put. <laughs> <laughs> if you heard that twice, now you know why. <laughs> but yeah, All so right. get excited for that. Thank you, Alex Lidard, for um, suggesting that, and also donating as much money as you did to Battersea Cats and Dogs. We'll talk um, more about that next week. We will. We will. We will. But yeah, but I was just yes. giving a preemptive fact. You know what? I'm done with this. Right. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, we'll see you next week, folks. Stay juicy. There we go. Anyway, that's the end. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. We'll see you next week.